Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edith Rustrian, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Thank you to all of you who week after week tune in to Permission to Think. My desire is to push your thinking, encourage you, and remind you that there's always hope regardless how bad things get. I hope this podcast has blessed you and added value to your life. This week, we begin a new series, a series on parenting for today. There are many challenges that we face each and every day. And for parents, raising children perhaps is one of the most difficult one and one of the most challenging one that one will ever experience. With so many distractions, with so many needs, and with so many things that quite often are unexpected in our lives, particularly in our children's lives, we definitely can feel overwhelmed. And if we don't have a support system or if we don't have anyone there by our side, it can be very daunting. So now let's give ourselves permission to think. Our topic for discussion in this episode, Parenting for Today, is a very special one for me. Um, it's very close to my heart because I am a father of two beautiful girls. Uh, the oldest is 15 and the youngest is just turned 10. And um, for me, um, it is very important that what I do as a father um, is well thought out and is consistent. And it's my commitment to my family and to my children that they know where my um, heart is and the things that are very dear to me. And, but it comes still with many challenges because we are in a world full of technology and distractions and things that are constantly fighting for our attention. And if you're an adult, somehow you should have some sort of self-control and discipline to live your life that way. But also for children, it's very difficult because they don't have the life experiences and they don't know the ultimate outcome or the consequences when they don't have any guardrails or perimeters in their life. So parenting, it is very daunting. It's one of the most difficult tasks that one will ever go through. And I think that before anyone becomes a father or a mother, or parent, uh, for that matter, that much thought should be given to the, um, the laborious task of raising children. It is perhaps, yes, the most challenging one, but when you are involved, it is the most rewarding one as well. And so for many people, sometimes they shy away from ever having children because they think of the great responsibility. And one would commend one t- who thinks that way and say, well, that's, that's being very responsible, you know your limitations. But at the same time, I also think that Uh, If it's out of fear because of our own inability, so fear of of the unknown, um, we could also miss out on the greatest joys of having children. Uh, God calls it as a blessing uh, to have children. And so for me, I see my children as a blessing, not as a burden. Um, I make sure that I am involved. I make sure that I'm in in care of of their needs. But at the same time that we are in constant communication and that they know that they have my heart. So today's topic, I do, we're going to make it probably into a a three-part series because there's so much to unpack about parenting. And some questions that have come to me from, from, from parents on how they should do certain things in life. But in today's episode, we're going to dive into uh, um, clinical psychologist work that for me, I think is beautiful, but we're going to unpack this topic of parenting in, in, um, in a format that is informative, uh, that is intellectually, and that is at the same time spiritually, but at the, at, at the very basic of it is also um, genuine, authentic, 
and can speak to anyone at any level of life. So I do want to keep so many things in mind as we go through it. I just ask you to really think about your situation or your job and function as a parent, where you are in your journey. And we're going to dive into some of the most beautiful parts of parenting and most challenging ones as well. So quite often we hear the phrase that parenting does not come with a manual. Do you think that statement is true? And most of us would say, absolutely. However, I believe that there is a manual, but whether or not we read it, it's totally a different story. I mean, how many times have we purchased a new device, a new car, a new TV, or new furniture? How many of us actually read the manual? And I have to confess in this, I'm, I'm, I'm a tinker, right? So I, I, I also, I am a tinker and a thinker, but most of the time I just jump into things. And uh, when I get stuck in something, I go back to the manual or I go back to the instructions and read it to sort of guide me to see what I'm doing wrong. Sometimes if I'm assembling something, I just have a tendency of looking at the pictures and saying, hey, I think I can figure this out, uh, where my wife is like, no, let's go step by step. And, and here's the communication element, because when putting something together, as basic as it is, maybe a piece of furniture, when both of you come together um, to try to put something together, you're going to see two different approaches. And so that is something that we can talk a little more later on. But, you know, as, as a man, I, I will go, my, my personality is I will begin with something. And when I need the support, I go back and, and try to figure it out. And I, I have this go back and forth in order until I finally put it together. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it may take me a little longer. But I definitely try to figure it out on my own. And I do get stuck sometimes. So that's why it's always go back to, to reference the, value, the, the, the manual or the instructions. But there are some who never read the manual. And sometimes they spend hours trying to figure it out on their own. Sometimes they get frustrated. Sometimes they just give up. Sometimes they just throw it in the garbage. I know there was uh, uh, <laughs> an example of a furniture that we bought. And, and it was so frustrating putting it together that I, I just gave up. And I just threw it in the garbage. And we threw like $50 down the drain. Um, I don't know if it was a matter of the manual, the instructions. I think it was just the way that the furniture was made up and, and how it just seemed wrong. Um, I'm not trying to make an excuse here. I just think that sometimes there are moments where we just like throw things in the garbage because we just give them up and don't really understand the value of them. But um, I think that many times when we have this approach, we can save our, ourselves many headaches and, and, and much time. We just use the manual as a reference. Uh, but the question is, why is it that some of us may not read the manual? You know, why is it that some don't even bother, right? And and they just kind of discard this thing and just, you know. Uh, others at times, when they get a new device, they actually take advantage of everything that the device is offering. They maximize their purchase. I, I know that parenting in today's world is very challenging and difficult and exhausting. However, I believe with all my heart that a manual has been provided and some of us read it from time to time. Others don't and others do. And it makes all the difference. So when you buy a new car today, you realize that it comes with so many bells and wheels with so many technology and that you have the salesman sometimes sitting with you and going through all the features that you have. But if you really, really want, if you really want to maximize its full potential and everything that the car, the device has to offer, you really have to explore yourself. But if you go through, I mean, the iPhones or the phone, Samsung, whatever you have, they have so many hidden features that are yet to be discovered. And I believe that maybe all of us maybe discover maybe 20% or 30% of the full potential that our phone may actually have. And so it makes a difference when we go deep into the things of, of, of discovering the things that really, so we can make most use of them. So 
In this short series of Parenting for Today, we'll dive deep into the different types of styles of parenting, uh, the pitfalls and traps that many parents fall into, the challenges in raising children in a world of media consumption, and parenting from a biblical perspective. We're living in the, in the 21st century full of technology and full of all these modern uh, uh, conveniences, and yet how is it that the principles for that were written over 2,000 years ago are still applied today? I wonder if it has something to do with the human heart, with the human condition. The world can evolve and progress in so many ways, but being human and many, many aspects of it remains the same. We just have new toys. We just have new things to play with, more expensive at times. And quite often we try to find a fulfillment in those very things. And so the things we hear or I hear many times from parents about their children, maybe if you can maybe ponder and think about some of these things, if they actually resonate with you too, um, is I've often hear these phrases. Uh, my children are driving me crazy. Uh, I don't know what to do with this child. He just doesn't listen. Um, she, my child, is she, she's so stubborn. Um, he's messy and never picks up after himself. Uh, she's always arguing with me. My children don't respect me. I sometimes feel like I'm the child and my children are the parent. I'm exhausted. I am tired. I just giving up and I just, I just don't know what to do with my kids. Have you ever heard parents saying these things? What about you? What do you say about your children? First, let me start by saying that there is no one-size-fits-all magic potion or pill that cures parenting ills. There isn't one. Parenting takes work, commitment, discipline, communication, and lots of patience and love. Not so much for your children, but I'm speaking to you as the parent. Uh, quite often, when we begin to do this work of parenting, we don't really put value system in place, and therefore, it's kind of like a free-for-all model, and so we're going to explore that today. But let me ask you, when did you start parenting? Does parenting begin when the child is 10 years old, 2 years old, or does parenting begin at conception? Your truthful and honest response will provide perhaps some insight into your children's behavior. Keep in mind that a child, keep in mind that a child's behavior is only a symptom of something greater. It's also important to know that it makes a difference if you have one child compared to someone who has three or four children. It makes a difference if you're raising someone else's children. It makes a difference if you're in a blended family. It makes a difference if you're in a single, if you're a single parent. It makes a difference if you are married but feel completely alone in raising your children without spousal involvement or support. I'm not painting a pie-in-the-sky parenting here. I'm saying these things because I have seen and lived through some of these challenges. By the way, let me say one more thing. Grandparents are a blessing in supporting you and being there for you when you need them the most. You can learn a lot from them because of their experience. However, they are not a substitute for what's your responsibility. For example, my mother loves being with all, all her grandchildren. But she's not their mother or father. In my case, with my daughters, that's my responsibility and my wife's responsibility to raise our girls. It's not my 
mothers. It's not their grandmothers. We send them to grandma to spend some great time, to smile. Um, she, she treats them to beautiful things. She loves spending time with them. But then they come back home to us. And it is our responsibility to raise our children. So don't let your grandma raise your children. You can seek advice and counsel, but remember that in your home, it's you and your spouse, the ones that are set the barometer, the perimeters, and the guardrails for your children. With that in mind, let's explore four parenting styles that psychologists have identified as the most common in most households, okay? Uh, as part of my focus uh, in doing this study and this research, I'm going to use the work of Diana Bonrein on parenting style theory. I find her work to be really informative. Uh, I find her work, you know, she was a clinical, a clinical psychologist that graduated from um, the University of California at Berkeley. And uh, her work um, has uh, stood the test of time in identifying many of the parenting styles and how that impacts children's behavior. So as a clinical psychologist, she studied parenting styles along with children's behavior and identified the following. She identified four types of parenting styles, authoritative, authoritarian, or disciplinarian, uh, permissive or indulgent, neglectful or uninvolved. So one, authoritative, two, authoritarian or disciplinarian, three, permissive or indulgent, four, neglectful or uninvolved. And so I want you to think, we're going to unpack these a little bit, but I want you to think about your own parenting style. In the U.S., roughly 46% of parents use authoritative parenting style, 26% of authoritarian parenting styles, 18% permissive parenting style, and 10% neglectful parenting style. So the most um, roughly used, the most used style in parenting in the U.S. Uh, is 46% is authoritative parenting style. We're going to explore that in a minute. But parenting styles are categorized based on two dimensions of parenting, behavior and styles. So demanding. Uh, the demanding parent refers to the extent to which parents control their child's behavior or demand their maturity. Right? That's the demanding aspect style of it. Is demanding refers to the extent to which parents control their child's behavior or demand their maturity. Responsiveness refers to the degree to which parents are accepting and sensitive to the children's emotional and developmental needs. Let me repeat that again. Responsiveness refers to the degree to which parents are accepting and sensitive to the children's emotional and developmental needs. So let's explore this, um, these four parent styles. We're going to begin with authoritative parenting. The uh, authoritative parenting is high demanding and high responsiveness. Authoritative parents have high expectations for achievement and maturity, but they are also warm and responsive. These parents set rules and enforce boundaries by having open discussions, providing guidance, and using reasoning. These parents provide their kids with reasoning and explanation for their actions. Explanations allow children to have a sense of awareness and teach kids about values, morals, and goals. Their disciplinary methods are confrontive, meaning that they don't ignore when something goes wrong. They don't just pass the buck. They don't sweep it under the rug. They are confrontive in the manner in which they parent. They're engaged and they set these perimeters for a reason. This parenting style is reason, negotiable, 
outcome-oriented and concerned with regulating behaviors as opposed to coercive. Children of authoritative parents are cherished. Based on Baumrein's, remember the work that I'm doing is that I'm that I study was Diana Baumrein's research on parenting styles. Children of authoritative parents tend to appear happy and content, are more independent, are more active, achieve higher academic performance, develop good self-esteem, interact with peers using competent social skills. Is this your style? Is this the kind of parenting that you practice? High demanding, high responsive right? You're engaged. You seek for your children to have conversation. You, the outcome is important to you, but it's also the balance that they're going to see in your expectation. Also, another thing to mention is the outcome of this type of authoritative parenting is that children have better mental health. They're less depressed. They have less anxiety, less suicide attempts, less delinquency, less alcohol and drug use. They exhibit less violent tendencies are, and they are securely attached. So when we look at this style of parenting of authoritative parenting is the discipline, but with warm and love It's not compromising on things, but it's being able to allow the child to also have a voice, but to be able to love and to also be responsive to the child. Let's look at the other one, authoritarian parenting. This style of parenting has a lot, uh, high levels of parent parental control and low levels of parental responsiveness are two characteristics of the authoritarian style, high levels of parental control and low levels of parental responsiveness. Although authoritarian parenting uh, and authoritative parenting styles have similar names, they have several important differences in parenting, belief, demand, and approach. While both parenting styles have high standards, authoritarian parents demand blind obedience. That's the, that's the big difference there. They demand blind obedience using reasons such as because I said so. They only allowed one-way communication through strict rules and orders. Any attempt to reason with them are seen as backtalk. Now, <laughs> uh, this kind of takes me back to a generational element where, you know, sometimes I hear the older folks and say, well, back in my days, these, these kids are so disrespectful today because because back in my days, you know, kids didn't speak. It was my word and that was it. There was nothing else. And look, everybody turned out fine. You know, So I kind of laugh at that because I kind of growing up, I heard this kind of thing is like, you know, but why can't I do this? Because I said so. And it was just like, I don't know, for me, it was I found it more dismissive than anything else. But God forbid that you spoke back because then your teeth were falling out of your mouth, right? Uh, that was kind of like the school that I was uh, brought in, right? These parents, according to Diana, is that these parents are stern discipline and often employ harsh punishment, such as corporal punishment as a way to obtain behavior control. Uh, when I speak, it's a generational thing too. I don't know if it's necessarily about, you know, um, our particular area, but I hear stories sometimes of, of my in-laws and my mother back in the days when they would punish children, they would make them and force them sit on grains of rice or corn. And, and sometimes they will uh, have them hold something on the top of their head for long periods of time uh, as a way to punish them so they can learn the lesson that they needed to learn and not ever do it again. And so that kind of like, the, 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 whether it would be to control the behavior so that it wouldn't happen again, 
Um, the disciplinary methods are coercive, right? Uh, arbitrary, domineering, and concerned with m marking status distinctions. And I often feel like sometimes in, in the way that this style of parenting is, is the idea that I have complete control of everything, right? Again, it's high demanding and low responsiveness. And, you know, maybe it's a generational thing. Uh, um, and, and maybe for many parents, that's what they knew. I often tell my mother, uh, who had me very young, at 15 years old, she was but a child. She didn't know anything of raising children. She was a child herself. And, you know, sometimes she, she we have these deep conversations. She tells me, Edmund, you know, I am sorry for not being able to give you more, teach you more. My, and, I, and I tell her, look, I, I can't hold you accountable for what you didn't know. I can't hold you accountable for the things that you couldn't give. You know, it is up to me now uh, that I am more educated. I've learned a lot more. I've, I, I've read a lot more. I've had mentors. I have people who guide me that if I don't give my children what they need most, then what happens is that I am held at a higher degree of responsibility by my children. And quite often, you know, we don't understand the impact that as parents we have. If we know we don't give, that's... That says something about us, right? That if you know better and you're not doing it, yeah, that, that's called like wrong, <laughs> right? Because it's like, you know what your children need, but you're withholding it from them. So remember, let's go back to this authoritarian parenting, right? The authoritarian parent is high demanding and low responsiveness. Authoritarian parents are unresponsive to the child's needs and are generally not nurturing. They usually justify using mean treatment to toughen up their kids. Children whose parents have an authoritarian parenting style tend to have an unhappy disposition, be less independent, appear insecure, possess low self-esteem, exhibit more behavioral problems or conduct issues, more temper tantrums, perform worse academically, have poorer social competence, be more prone to internalizing behavior and mental issues, be more likely to have drug use problems, have worse coping skills. Let's explore the third one, the permissive parenting, indulgent, right? This type of parenting is low demanding, high responsive. Permissive parents set very few rules and boundaries and they are reluctant to enforce rules. These indulgent parents are warm and indulgent, but they do not like to say no or disappoint their children. This is the one that perhaps just wants their children to like them. These are the parents who sometimes feel like, oh, I, I, I want to be my child's best friend. And the idea is that I'm, I'm never going to say no to them. They can do whatever they want because after all, we all find a way. But the idea is that with the load demanding, are you setting any real expectations for your children? You want to have a high responsive amount, right? But you're reluctant to enforce any of the rules. And so, um, again, the children of permissive parents tend to have the worst outcomes. This is not me saying it. This is a, a reputable research work that was done for many years that children of permissive parents tend to have the worst outcomes, cannot follow rules, have a worse self-control, possess egocentric tendencies, encounter more problems in relationships and social interactions. My question, I guess, that we think is this, the generation that we identify as the generation of entitlement you know, where people feel entitled to certain things. Where have we kind of thought about uh, about the idea, does this just happen or has it been a, a correlation to how parents have parented their children? You know, is it right for you to tell your children no? 
Is it right for you to always tell your children yes? What is the reason behind it? Do you go back to your childhood and you think about what you didn't have or what you think your parents should have done? Do you feel like you missed something and therefore your children should be given anything and everything that they want without any sense of control or any sense of teaching them about discipline or any control about being just conscious, you know, um, or the overindulgement of of things, right? So um, the permissive parent... uh, really needs to think about this, right? Um, If that's the style of your approach that you have. Number four is neglectful parenting, uninvolved. This one is low demanding and low responsiveness. Neglectful parents do not set firm boundaries or high standards. They are indifferent to their children's needs and uninvolved in their lives. Let me say that again. Neglectful parenting or uninvolved, low demanding, low responsiveness. Neglectful parents do not set firm boundaries or high standards. They are indifferent to their children's needs and uninvolved in their lives. Notice that I am repeating these things so that we can get a clear understanding and we can think deeply about our parenting and why. Think about the way you parent. Does they have any correlation to the way your parents um, handled or, or dealt with certain situations? Do you feel that they were unfair or maybe they're, to you, you don't want to because you have a, you had an authoritarian parent that demanded was low responsive and so now your approach may be like, hey, I'm going to let my kids do whatever they want. Maybe because you're thinking about the way you were brought up, right? So these uninvolved parents may have mental issues themselves such as depression, physical abuse, or child neglect when they were kids. Children of neglectful parents are more impulsive, cannot self-regulate emotions, encounter more delinquent behavior and addiction problems, have more mental issues, their suicidal behaviors, they have a higher suicidal behaviors in adolescence. So one of the things that I think it's, it's important to understand is like depending on the dynamic of the family that you have and depending on the dynamic of how many children you have, it makes a big difference. One of the things that for us at home, my wife and I, is that we have really committed that to communicate as effectively and efficiently as possible. And although we understand that we have two daughters, they are both night and day. They have very different personalities. They have very different approach to things. You know, um, they both uh, succeed and they both have their skills and their gifts. You know, uh, the idea that, you know, are you warm to one and to the other? You're less warm. Are you, do you have high expectations for one and not the other? And it's important to understand that there is a distinct difference between a parenting style and parenting practices. These two things are very, very different, right? So in the parenting style is the emotional climate and control in which parents raise their children. A parenting style is the emotional climate and control in which parents raise their children. Parenting practices are specific actions that parents employ in their parenting. You can be, again, like I was saying before, you could be more warm or less warm, but still warm. You can be more demanding, less demanding, but still demanding. And when you have this approach in raising your children, you're setting an expectation that is equally across the entire family. Now, but being warm and high and having high standard is authoritative. This is the best parenting style recommended by psychologists. Now, uh, think about this, right? If if is it more important for your child 
to do what you say you want them to do? Or is it more important for them to understand why they are doing it? How are you communicating this as parents? How do we come across? Sometimes when we come to our children and all they hear is that demanding, you're demanding things, but you're not explaining. For me, that was my case. If I was told, well, you can't do this, and I would ask why, just I would get that. I would get because I said so. And so for me, as, as a thinker, as a person who is always curious about things, I felt shunned. I felt rejected. I felt like my opinion didn't matter. I felt like um, I couldn't contribute to the house. I felt like many times that I was ignored. And so, you know, for me, as a parent now, my approach is that I do have, ex we, my, my wife and I do have expectations and we do put guardrails and we do have rules and we do have standards, but there is a warmth to it. There is an element that we bring our children into the decision-making process, into explaining the results of things when things don't go the right way or when they when when they have a feeling or an emotion. One of the biggest things is that we speak at home is that it is very important for us to really measure our emotions but not allow them to run our lives. And many times when people make emotional-driven decisions, those are the ones who ultimately pay a higher price for things. So it's important that we don't take the emotional element in part of the decision-making but we're not basing it on that. And with our children, the same way we're currently going through a, a very uh, tough tough time in our family because there are some really tough decisions that we have to make in the direction that is going to really determine our next 10 years and so for us as a family my wife and I we we, we decided that we were going to bring our daughters in and so one of the things that we did is in considering we brought a topic to them and that my, my wife and I were really struggling with and we brought both our girls in and we explained to them the situation I said we value you we value your opinion we value your input we want to hear from you how do you feel about this situation how do you feel about this how do you feel about that and you know the response was you know for them was whatever decision you guys make know that we are as long as we're together as a family that's what matters the most it wasn't something that we said that's what my daughter said it was as long as we're together as a family whatever decision we make we're always gonna we that's that's a priority to them and so the style that 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 it, it, the authoritative style is that you do have standards by which you're going to live, but you also allow for the opportunity to be responsive to your children's need. And at times, you know, being vulnerable to our children to say, like, I don't have all the answers. I'm praying. I'm asking for directions. I'm seeking advice. I'm seeking for a mentor, someone to coach me in this area, because life is not meant for you to do it alone. And so, just reflect for this first episode that we're doing. Just reflect on the thought of where are you as a parent and if you're like 10 years into your parenting and you're feeling like your child is 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 going in the wrong direction have meaningful conversations because from an educator who i see a lot of children sometimes the behaviors are just symptoms of something bigger behaviors in in being disrespectful enough in, in being uh, insubordinate in, in being defiant oppositional defiance it stems from many different factors and so before you, you know you give up on your parenting or before you do anything else, just have these conversations with your children. The other thing I would say too is that children, are, they, they study us. Our children study us very, very, very carefully. They look at their behavior if we're consistent or inconsistent. And we're going to talk a lot more in the next uh, episode. They look at if we are... Uh, 
I feel like I need to share this uh, now because I think it's very important. Uh, one of the things that my wife and committed ourselves to is that we're never going to embarrass our children in front of other people. We really shy away from that. We celebrate in public, we correct in private. And so why is that important? Because one of the things that I will ask you is do you like to be humiliated by others in public? Think about now, you're 30 years old and your mother and your father is embarrassing you in front and talking badly about you about what you're not and what you should have been. How does that feel? Does this feel very well. The child is also processing as young as they are that if you're talking bad about your child in front of others, it's letting you know that everything is game and that what you say may not necessarily be true, but you are humiliating your children in public. Don't 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 embarrass or, or discipline your children in the open forum where everyone is going to be, one, looking at you and, and looking at your child, but it's also going to be, oh, look at that parent. Now, there are moments, and I remember this, like my daughter was two years old, and she threw it, we were at the store, and she threw a tantrum. She threw a tantrum at a store because she couldn't get a toy, right? So I picked her up, and because, you know, there's cameras all over the place, I picked her up, and she's screaming like someone is just like, you know, like just beating her. And, and, and everyone's watching, cameras are there, I go to the car, and I put her in the car seat, I give her a good talk, a stern talk, I lock eyes with her, I have her look at me, and, you know, we had a conversation. We sat there. I spoke to her. And afterwards, after we got home, um, I had a conversation with her. And I told her, look, there are moments where we're going to have opportunities to buy you many toys. And there are going to be opportunities where we're not going to have money to buy you anything that you want. And so, but I'm going to take you to the store. And I want you to get one toy. And so she was excited, right? Now, follow, follow my logic here because this is very important. When we get to the store, we got to take out a Toys R Us. And so I said to her, you could get one toy, any toy in the entire store. And she goes, excited. So, but there's one rule. You have to walk the entire store and you have to choose one. So we went, it was a painstaking task. We went store by store, store, I mean, aisle by aisle, aisle by aisle. And we spent, I think, almost an hour there. But afterwards was that, look, I know that sometimes to you, and this is two years old, explaining to her in terms that she understands why it's not proper to throw a tantrum, but where is that stemming from? I'm not raising spoiled children here who feel entitled, but understanding certain things. And that was important. And so every time there is a correction that comes in the house because we have an expectation in the house, we come back to it and we revisit it as to the reasons why allowing our children to speak to us on the reasons why they behave or they made that choice without any judgment. And then we support them and how they can channel that energy or that that behavior into a more positive and proper way just correcting your children just disciplining your children just telling them the reasons why you're frustrated why they shouldn't behave is not good enough the responsive element is this is that we're going to have a conversation as to why this is not acceptable and how I'm going to support you in this process and that's the part that's missing in many many of our parenting and now so I'm gonna I'm just gonna draw this to the to, to an end. There are parents right now who are single. There are mothers right now who have three or four children and they're trying to figure it out. 
There are single dads right now that are working two or three jobs trying to figure out how to raise their children, how they're going to make, make, make ends meet. There are, there, are, there are blended families where you have a husband, who a man who came into a, 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 a woman's life who has two kids, and they're trying to figure it out. Then they have a kid together. And how do you make that work? Who established those? You can't correct my kids. Those are my kids. Uh, well, I, I thought I was the stepdad. I have authority to say something in the house. Well, no, they're my children. You can't tell them what to do. Is that a, a dynamic that you find in many homes today as well? Is that child your child or not your child? Who's raising the child, right? And these conversations are so difficult to have, but these are the dynamics that we have today. And so it is important for us as parents to be engaged and be involved. Don't parent to be liked. Don't parent to be liked by your children. It is important that your children understand that you are to be respected, that you are to be um, loved because it's reciprocated. But many times in a, in a great quote that people may say or in a great emotional say, I want to be my child's best friend. You don't want to be your child's best friend. I don't want to be my child's best friend. I want to be the man that I am to be her father, to be a strong, loving, caring, protecting, providing for her. How many times have you said, well, I lost my best friend? How many times have you said, oh, friends come and go? You can't tie an emotional element that you say, I want my kids to tell me everything. That's what you want. And then what? You're going to allow them to do everything that you want them to do because you want to be like them because that's what best friends do. Where are they going to draw their moral compass? They're going to draw their moral compass from the best friend. You know, these are things and difficult conversations to have, but we often, I often wonder where has our society been when, when we see where the, where are the men, where, where, where are the, where are the, the morals that we should be teaching us to our children is like that they've gone completely out the door. We are raising, we need to raise men. We need to, from a, from a father, from a male perspective, we need to raise men. So I want us to think about the great opportunity of raising children because it is a great opportunity. It's a blessing. Raising strong, responsible, confident men. Raising strong, self-respected, confident women. It is something that as parents should be a long task. You know, it, it, it is one of those things that you always hear at the very end of a man's life or later in his life. Thank you, mom, for always being there. Uh, I know that you you were tough with me, and I know and I, and I thank you for the discipline that you gave me. Um, thank you for thank you, dad, for showing me how to do this. And, and there are many ways that you see that you may not see the result of your investment. Your return of investment will come sometimes many decades later, but it will come on what you do with your time and how you employed a parenting practice and how you develop a climate in your home where your children can develop to be strong, confident children. Remember what I said before about the authoritative parent. The authoritative parent is high demanding and high responsive. This parent is the one that really focuses on being confrontive, but is one that is always cherishing the children. And remember that the type of parenting style from authoritative parenting, uh, the children appear to be happy and content, are more independent, are more active, achieve higher academic performance, develop good self-esteem, 
interact with peers using competent social skills, have better mental health, less depression, less anxiety, less suicide attempt, less delinquency, less alcohol and drug use, and they exhibit less violent tendencies. So my beautiful people, in this first part of exploring the different parenting styles, it is very important for us to think about which one do you employ? Which one are you doing? And I hope that this information has been um, informative but at the same time has given you something to really think about. Are you an authoritative parent? Are you authoritarian? Are you a permissive? Are you neglectful? And I hope that as we continue in our topics in the next episode, we're going to explore the pitfalls and the many other challenges that come with parenting. But I hope that in this first episode, we're able to dive in and really explore these uh, styles as well. So I leave you with our quote of the day. And our quote of the day comes from Frederick Douglass. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Let me say it again. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Till next time, my beautiful people. Remember, never compromise integrity for comfort. Stay strong. Bye-bye.